Hi, thanks for checking out this message from our River Valley Church family here in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. For more messages, be sure to check out our other podcasts. For more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Like he said, I'm excited to be here this week. I'm excited to get to talk about peace. That's the second part of our series here on Advent. Last week we talked on hope, which we all need hope in order to experience peace. There's a great progression with this. Um, and so today we are just going to dive into it. I do have a lot of things on my heart. But we're going to start really quick with a quick review of what the word Advent means. And it means the arrival or coming of something. And so here in the season of Advent, what we're doing is we're remembering the Israelites from so long ago who were waiting for the coming of Jesus to come on earth, to live on earth, to be born in a manger. They were waiting for that. And then we remind ourselves that we are also in a space of waiting. We're waiting for him to come back again. And that's good news. Like, this is an exciting season. This is a place that we get to really experience God's peace. As we go into that more further, you'll see what I'm talking about. And so long ago, when the Israelites were waiting for that first coming of Jesus, um, they would have read the prophecies about him over and over and over again to keep that hope alive that he was coming, that all these prophecies that they've read about were real. And so I want to read a small clip of one of the many prophecies about him together. And so in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, it says, For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. I brought tissue up because I already know I'm going to cry today, so just be warned. <laughs> you can't talk about Jesus, I feel like, and not get a little emotional. But one of the biggest gifts that Jesus brought to us was peace. Um, and that's what we see in that previous scripture there, and he is the Prince of Peace, and he still is. He was, he is, and he will be forever. That's part of what we get to experience together. And so let's pray really fast. That's my intro. Um, Let's pray together really fast, though, as we dive into what peace really means. Abba, we just thank you, God, so much for your gift of peace, God, and your gift of hope and joy and love, God. Lord, that we get to celebrate and remember this Advent season. God, today we are here just for you. We're here to learn about you, God, to sit at your feet and to hear more about you, God. So I just pray today that all of our hearts are open to hear what you have for each of us individually, God. We just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to start out, though, with some fun. And so as I was preparing this message on peace, I was reflecting on, um, I've had many seasons where I did not feel like I had peace. Maybe you're similar to me. Um, But I was trying to reflect on a a story maybe that I could share, and I had one that came to mind. And so I'm going to take you back to my childhood. And when I was about five or six years old, uh, maybe kindergarten or first grade-ish in life, um, I had started going to school, and one of the presentations they did at school was what to do in case my house burned down. Maybe you guys remember learning about stop, drop, and roll. Maybe some of you have learned that. And so we learned that in those early years of school, and I remember them talking about 
that if the if you think if, if your house is burning down, you should go check the door handle. If it's hot, don't go that way. If it's cold, you could try that way of escape. And I remember having all of this in my heart and mind of I knew what to do if my house was burning down and I was prepared um, and fearful, obviously, of that actually happening. And so, um, so fast forward sometime in that season, I got an alarm clock that was new to me. It was a used alarm clock. I don't remember if it was from a thrift store or just one we had laying around the house. But I was so excited to have this new alarm clock, and I set it up in my room, and I was really proud of it for whatever reason. And I went to bed that night, and as you can all probably guess, um, at some point in the middle of the night, this alarm went off. And it was very loud and very startling. And as this little five or six-year-old girl that uh, was knew for sure her house was going to burn down at some point, um, woke up, and the first thing was, my house is burning down. That's the fire alarm. This is the moment. And so what did I do? I thought, to, I remember to this day thinking, there's no way I'm going to go touch that door handle. No way. I'm just going to get out the way I know is safe and the way I know I can escape, which was through my bedroom window. So I opened my bedroom window, and I jumped out my bedroom window, and uh, as I stood out in the snow, let me let you know it was winter time. as I stood out in the snow, I remember thinking, I realized, you know, my house is not on fire, <laughs> the house is fine, um, and what do I do? Because like all normal parents and families, they lock the doors at night, so I didn't have a way back in, and I remember looking at the window and thinking, it's too high, I can't get back in. And so the only option I had was to go stand by my parents' bedroom window. Thankfully, it was a one-story house. I went out, and I stood by their bedroom window and started, Mom, Dad, <laughs> Mom, Dad. Um, and I'm sure if you want to hear the other side of the story, they'd be happy to share how they felt when they heard their daughter outside yelling Mom and Dad um, in the winter. But um, anyways, needless to say, now we can all laugh about it, but I think I put some good fear in their hearts um, that night. Um, but I share this story so we can laugh, but also to recognize that a lack of peace in our life can cause us to do really irrational things sometimes and make decisions that are impulsive and make decisions that really can actually bring us harm, not good. So this is an important message today to really grasp what peace means and, and how we can really experience it in the fullest um, in our lives while we're here. So I want to start with a little bit of you thinking about how you would describe peace. Um, so if I had asked you if we had a chance to sit one-on-one, -on -one, and I asked you, what, how, what is peace? What would you say that peace is? I think that most of us would respond more about what peace isn't than what peace is. I think we would say, well, it's when I'm not anxious, when I'm not worried, when I'm not fearful, when I'm not stressed, when everything's going good in life. <laughs> that's when, you know, that's what peace, that's how we would define it. Um, but I think that's because most of the time we know what we don't like to feel more than we know what we actually need. And so I want to just take time, like, let's spend more time today focusing on what we need than what maybe we want or think we want, okay? Um, a quote I read recently says, we all want peace, but most of the time we want peace as the world gives it, the peace of better life circumstances, the peace of a smooth project or marriage, a peace that really just adds up to our health, safety, comfort, and happiness. 
But Jesus said he didn't give peace that way. Jesus gives peace to those who come to a point they truly believe he is the answer to what they're looking for. So I want to look more closely at this, um, and we know that by Scripture that there's two types of peace that we see, and, and we see that in John 14, 27. It says, uh, Jesus is speaking, and he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives, and so don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. So in this passage, we see this contrast of his peace that he gives and he's left for us, and the world's peace, or I'm going to rename it circumstantial peace, okay? Because that's what the world is, is emphasizing here, is circumstantial peace. And Jesus' peace is not based on circumstances. They're very different things. So today we're going to continue working on defining that difference between the two types of peace, why it's critical for us to know the difference, and some ways to experience his peace more fully. So let's start. The Hebrew word for peace that we see in this passage is shalom. I'm sure many of you have heard that word before. Um, shalom peace includes some of the definitions of peace that we might use, um, but more importantly, it defines peace as a restoration of something that was broken. This kind of peace takes brokenness and through Jesus' work on the cross, transforms it into wholeness. Isn't that awesome? That's good news for us today, that we have this peace. Shalom peace is seen through forgiveness, but in relationships, we see shalom peace when maybe nations make covenants of peace. That's, that's the type of peace we're talking about here, but it's displayed most, this shalom peace is displayed most through the life of Jesus. He took all of our brokenness and all of our separation that we had from God, and he took care of it once and for all for us. And so that we have wholeness and we have relationship with God now. We can talk with him and interact and have that relationship that we did not have before he came. And this is what peace is. So the good news that we're reminded here during Advent is this shalom peace that we have now through Jesus' work on the cross is the same peace that we look forward to when he comes back again. He's going to come back again, and he's going to take care of the brokenness of this earth once for all, and he's going to bring the whole world back into wholeness. That's awesome, guys. That is our good news, and that is what we're reminded of this Advent season. Um, so let's remember that. We're going to keep talking about this word, remembers you. It's important to remember, and so that's what we're doing is we're remembering he's coming back again. Now I want you to consider a different question um, and this question is, if I were to ask you, do you feel like you have peace all the time? I, I had fun and I asked family and, and people and, and got um, an answer from some of our, my family members who have to be the guinea pigs for these things. Um, and I would, I, I think 100% of them, their gut response is no, I do not have peace all the time. And I think that's our, most of our gut response, that we would say, yeah, I don't have peace all the time. I have it sometimes but I don't have it all the time. But I just want to challenge your theology a little bit this morning. And by saying that we don't have peace all the time, it would be like saying that Jesus is not our Lord and Savior all the time. It, it, it's the same thing. If he's our Lord and Savior, he's already gifted us peace. We have peace all the time. There's no question about it. But what we have to understand is the difference between his peace and the circumstantial peace that the world offers because they're different. So we don't have circumstantial peace all the time, for sure. Our circumstances are up and down and up and down and all over the place, as you all know. 
Um, but his peace is always present, it's always there, and it's always something that we have access to. In Isaiah 53:5, it says, But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. Our peace was bought by Jesus' work on the cross. He offered himself as a sacrifice to be pierced, beaten, and punished so that we could have peace, people. This is important. This is so that we could have peace knowing that we're his. Peace knowing that he has everything under control. Peace knowing that even in our pain, he is present and he sees us and he's making a way. Peace knowing that this world is not our home. That's a big one, right? Um, Peace knowing that he'll never leave us. Peace knowing that we're fully loved. Peace knowing that we belong. And peace knowing that his kingdom is coming, right? So when we read about Jesus offering peace, um, like I said, we oftentimes really expect and actually really hope and want that peace to be circumstantial peace. We're like, why? Why can't it just be that if we're Christians, you know, one plus one equals two, and if I'm a Christian and I love Jesus, then my circumstances are always going to be amazing and beautiful and happy. And that's just not how it works, unfortunately. (laughs) It's not. And so you might be thinking, though, right now, Emily, there are times where I know in my head that Jesus is Lord and Savior, and I've accepted him, and I believe in him, but I do not feel peace. And you might be saying, sometimes I feel abandoned. Sometimes I feel alone. Sometimes I feel like the storms are coming, and I might even feel like God maybe has turned his face from me. And I just want to address that because that is a real thing, and we have all felt that way in seasons of life, 100% of us, I'd venture to say. Um, And I just want to encourage you in this moment of feeling isolated or afraid or alone, um, the greatest tool that you have to shift your eyes back to God and to see him even in those moments of despair is taking time to remember God. And the only way that we're going to be able to walk through this valley of the shadow of death, we read about it in scripture, and fear no evil in these seasons of life that are difficult and hard is by knowing him. That's the only way we're going to be able to do it. And so one of our biggest keys is less spiritual discipline, like I said, of remembering. All throughout the scripture, over and over, we see um, reminders to be intentional about remembering who God is. And most of us don't practice that spiritual discipline very often. I did not in many seasons of life, and it's one I'm continually working to even improve on and get better at. And so I just want to encourage you that if you're in those seasons of despair and maybe like not feeling that peace and and not relating and not knowing maybe how to get out of that mindset um, and that mode that you're in, I just want to encourage you to take time to start learning about who God is because I promise as you learn about him and you find out all about his attributes and his character, that our eyes start to shift and our perspective changes and we start to see and experience that peace that he promised us. That doesn't mean our circumstances always magically work out differently, but in your heart and in your mind, you have a deep peace that God is at work and he is who he said he is um, and he's not changing. Um, I'd encourage you, what said you can do is on the attributes of God. 
God has non-communicable attributes, which are his attributes that we never will have. Um, They're impossible for us. Those are his attributes like being immutable, which means he can never change, omnipotent, um, omnificent. There's a lot of really cool ones out there and really cool words too. (laughs) Um, But as you spend time learning about those non-communicable things and you start recognizing who our God is, then you can really start having a shift that takes place in your heart and mind and experience the peace that he has for us. We also ha- he also has communicable attributes, which is fun. I'm going to just give you a little tidbit there. Um, those are things like love and peace and joy and patience, all those things that we actually get a portion of those communicable attributes of God, right? We get to experience some of those things, never in the fullness of God, of course. We're the creation. He is the creator. But those are some of his attributes that we get because we are created in his image. And so we get to walk with some of those attributes evident in our life as we get to show him to the world. So I just want to remind you today that we are living in a broken world, and there is pain around us. Um, It's full of death and deceit. It's full of people who are angry and revengeful. We have corrupt politics and selfish leaders. Um, We're going to experience circumstances that are painful. That is a guarantee. There's no way that you can avoid that. I would, if I knew how to avoid it, I promise I would share. (laughs) Because I, of all people, love to avoid pain. I hate, I don't like feeling pain. I've never broken a bone. I know I should. Um, But I'm very cautious. I'll just leave it at that. I'm a very cautious person. Um, But even though that's a guarantee that we're going to experience those trials here on earth, we also know that this world is not our home. This is not where we're supposed to belong and to feel connected to. We're not supposed to feel connected to all this brokenness and pain. It is not our home. We're just passing through. And while we're passing through, he's asked us to share his light and his peace and his joy with the people around us so that they can experience life like we get to as Christians and believers. So let's make sure this Advent season that we really do take time to stop and to remember and remember the waiting years ago that they experienced and this waiting season that we are in now. If you're struggling to know God and you're struggling to remember who he is, um, like I said, let's spend some time learning about those attributes of God. I'm going to scroll down here a little bit. Sorry. (laughs) Catch up in my notes. (laughs) Um, So... I also think, and as I was just really praying, you know, this message was funny because to be um, totally honest with you, I really kind of wrestled with this when I was a little bit all over the place. Like, what direction should I go with peace? You know, God, what's in your heart for us to learn about peace? And I had a lot of angles. Uh, You know, do we talk more about that lack of peace, that anxiety, and how we work through that? We've we've talked about that before. Um, Have we, do we talk through the Beatitudes? There's a really cool progression through the Beatitudes that leads us to peacemakers. Do we talk about that? Um, But we landed here, and I felt like what God was really stirring in my heart was for us to really understand in a new way what peace really is, um, and that we have it all the time, and that it's a promise that he has for us. And I also just, maybe as you're sitting there, though, maybe you're in the middle of some very difficult circumstances, and maybe you're like, but Emily, you have never gone through what I've gone through before. And you're right, I haven't. Um, We all have our own stories. We all have our own um, journeys we've walked in life. We've all experienced pain and difficulties in different ways, in different measures. 
Um, but I do know, and, and I just want to reassure you, that there's been people um, that have watched through even more horrendous circumstances and difficulties, and I am confident that we can have this deep peace even in those depths of trials um, because we've learned, we can learn from them. And so in the New Testament, we see those examples of Paul and, and the things they went through, imprisonment and, and torture and all the things. And then I, brought, I came to mind Corrie ten Boom, which I think most of us are familiar with her historically. Um, and she's a woman that helped rescue the Jews. Um, she ended up ending in a concentration camp and was treated very cruelly. Um, but her life is such a testimony that even in the midst of this space that is beyond probably most of our, even our imagination, um, the difficulties she encountered, she had such a level of peace. And as we read through her works and some of her quotes, we see this over and over and over again. And so I want to just encourage you, we can get to a place of we understanding who God is how awesome he is, how powerful he is, and we can walk in this peace no matter what your circumstances. Some of her quotes include, Jesus did not promise to change the circumstances around us. He promised great peace and pure joy to all those who would learn to believe that God actually controls all things. Can you imagine saying that in the middle of being cruelly treated? Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. She said, um, in this world, if you look to this world, you'll be distressed. When you look within, you'll be depressed. Um, And when you look at God, though, you'll be at rest. That's That's what she taught. She said, forgiveness is setting the prisoner free only to find out the prisoner was me. Right? Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. It does not enable us to escape evil. It makes us unfit, actually, to face evil when it comes. It's the interest you pay on trouble before it comes. We can know his peace personally in any circumstance. I'm confident of it. Do I always walk in that? No. (laughs) I am learning, just like all of you, how to walk in it in its fullness and not let the circumstances of of the life we live and the world that we're in sway us and rock me. I'm learning it just like you, but I'm confident we can. Um, It's a gift that he gave us, and it's our faith that leads us to that place. Um, So, but just like any other gift, um, we have to use it right. So it is a gift. It's already been bought and purchased by the work on the cross. We have peace. We have it all the time. I want you to walk away knowing that. We have peace all the time. Um, but just like any gift, you have to utilize it, right, in order for it to be useful. So if, if we went and bought a dishwasher um, and left it in the back sitting in our house, we might have that gift, but it's not. It's worthless, right? It's just sitting there. Um, but maybe we even get the dishwasher out of the box and we maybe install it in our kitchen, but we actually never use it, right? So it's sitting there ready to go, but nobody's using it. That would never happen at my house because we have a lot of dishes. <laughs> but you get the example that you have to actually use a gift in order for its value to be known, right? And so part of this journey and process of Christ- as Christians and believers is learning how to install these gifts in greater depth in our life and how to, to get them even more ingrained in our actions and in our, in our attitudes and our mindsets and our heart. And I think that in Philippians 4, 8 through 9, it breaks it down a little bit on how we can start and how we begin. I always like 
practical steps. That's, that's something that's important to me. And so I just want to give you some practical steps in this process. In chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever is, oops, I jumped ahead. Anyways, if there's any moral excellence and if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you've learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. We will experience his peace more in our lives if we dwell on him. He is our truth. He is honorable. He is just. He is pure. He is lovely. So if we dwell on him, then that God of peace will be with you. I also love how in verse 7, just before this, I don't have it on the screen, um, but in the message translation, it words it like this. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life, right? And that's what that piece is all about. It's displacing the worry, the stress, the fear, the anxiety, all of the things we experience, it's, it's displacing that with Jesus. And that's where we have peace. So dwelling on God practically means things like what we see in Scripture, turning our thoughts and worries into prayers. That's dwelling on him. Taking time to memorize Scripture. Inviting others to read scripture with you. We are, we are designed to do life in community. Um, taking time to praise him. Remembering, we're coming back to that word, remembering that all he has done and who he is. Spending time journaling, worshiping, spending outdoors, time outdoors, seeing his creation. His creation is one of the biggest, I think, just the most amazing ways to go and get a glimpse of how awesome our God is. If I was a photographer and I had that skill set, I already know that I would photograph the clouds. I love clouds. Every day you drive and, and there's just something different in the sky, you know. You should see the scroll on my phone is lots of pictures of clouds. None of them are awesome, <laughs> but I'm trying my hardest to capture um, some of the beauty of just the sky. And that's a way that we dwell on him, remembering him, seeing his hand at work, the things that, that we just get to enjoy for free. There's no cost to that. So be creative in your pursuit of God. He's the creator of all, and if you look for him, you will always, always, always find him. I promise. So one last thing as we conclude. Um, I want you to know that this gift of peace is not for everyone. Um, that maybe sounds a little counterintuitive to what I just shared, so let's dive into that. In Luke 2, verses 13 and 14, it's when Jesus' birth was announced, and it says, Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those he favors. The angels declared that the peace of God was not for everyone, but for those whom God favors. You might wonder why this peace is exclusive, right? Maybe you even don't like that, and you're like, that's not fair. <laughs> but take a minute to remember what we just learned together. This peace that was prophesied about Jesus and fulfilled in him is specific to the restored relationship between God and man that was made possible through Jesus. 
So Jesus made this way for us to have peace with God, but the only ones who will experience this peace are the ones that have relationship with Jesus. It just goes hand in hand. So this peace is exclusive. The people that don't know Jesus do not experience this peace. And that's why we get to be such a bright light in our world, in our community, because we get a peace that they don't have, and we get to show it to them and invite them in. Because remember, in our, his kingdom, every person is welcome. Every person is invited. There is a place for every single person at his table, um, but we do have to believe. So if you um, maybe are struggling feeling peace, and maybe this isn't so secure in your heart, or maybe there's not a lot of depth to it, I just want to remind you um, that Jesus made this way for us. And maybe you need to spend a little bit more time getting to know this Prince of Peace if this is a space in your life you want to grow in. It's a space I want to grow in, right? So I think this is a space for all of us that we, there is another level of peace that we can understand and experience um, through knowing him. So we're going to stand together and we're going to pray and close out this service on peace. She told me I had to pray. <laughs> Father, we thank you that you gave us such a beautiful gift in your son. And Lord, if we have him, then we have peace. And Lord, I pray that we would shift our minds, Lord, and in this moment you would come by your Holy Spirit and shift the way that we think that we are in search of peace when in reality peace dwells in us because Jesus, you dwell in us. Lord, what an incredible gift you've given to us, Lord. And so, Lord, we don't seek after a feeling. We don't seek after circumstances. Lord, what we seek after is more of you in our lives, Jesus. Lord, we don't need greater understanding about our circumstances or the right perspective on them. What we need to see is you face-to-face, and then all of a sudden our circumstances come into clarity on what's going on. And, Lord, I just declare today, and I pray over this church family, Lord, that we would be a people, Lord, who find you more in this season. Lord, as we navigate through circumstances, that our eyes would be lifted to you and that, Jesus, we would know you more in every circumstance of our life. And, Lord Jesus, because you've come and been our Lord and Savior, Lord, I thank you that peace already resides in us. Lord, may we tap into more of you May we fix our eyes on you, Jesus, Lord, so that our circumstances get to experience the reality of your kingdom breaking through. And Lord, peace would reign in those moments, God. And Lord, I just pray that over our lives today as a church family, Lord, each individual in this room. God, maybe there's those here today who have never encountered you, Jesus, never invited you to be Lord and Savior. Lord, I thank you that you made that way so easy to us. You just simply invite us to come and to confess our need for you. And Lord, that you would be Lord of our lives. And so, Lord, I just pray that over each one that's in this room today. Lord, that we would leave this place knowing that we are not in search of peace. We have found it in you. Lord, let us live out of that place in our lives. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to this message from River Valley Church. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by it? Make sure to share it with them this week. Again, for more content from us, please check out our website at rivervalleyboise.com.